0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets.
1: Welcome to Bark and Swagger on Pet Life Radio. I'm Jody Miller Young, your host. Recently, I launched a series for both aspiring dog fashion designers and lovers of dog fashion alike called Startup Stories. Each of the brands featured share what they've learned that helped them grow their business and what mistakes to avoid. And we meet and learn about a cool brand I've come across I think you'll love too. For those drawn to classic American style, you want to hear today's Startup Stories interview with Mariko Nakaya of Milltown Brand. Genuine, high-quality materials, locally sourced and made, and old-world craftsmanship are cornerstones. Think Brooklyn cool kid plaid, stripes, vintage colors, and that's exactly where they are, in Brooklyn. But Mariko traveled far from her native Tokyo to settle here, and her aesthetic is unlikely considering her roots. We'll find out why she came to love American style and how a life-threatening illness and her beloved dog, Brownie, were instrumental in the creation of this brand. We'll take a short break from our sponsor, but don't go away. Grab that favorite beverage, get comfortable, and we'll be right back. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy?
0: Let's talk pets
1: on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. If you've just joined, you're listening to Bark and Swagger on Pet Life Radio. I'm Jody Miller Young. Japanese born Mariko Nakaya created the Milltown brand of dog and human goods inspired by old world American craftsmanship and style. We'll learn more about it and how her potentially fatal illness and her dog inspired the brand Milltown has become today. Hey, Mariko, welcome to the show. Hi, Jodi, how are you? I'm good, how are you doing? I'm great. It's cold here. (laughs) It's very cold there in Brooklyn. Guys, you know, if you're tuning in, it is February 1st. And we probably had one of the coldest snaps of weather across (laughs) the country in, you know, 40 years, 50 years. Yeah. I think it was three degrees in New York yesterday, yeah? It was, yeah. Okay. It's insane. I don't miss that. I love my city, but I don't miss being in that cold every day. That's cool. for sure. Well, hopefully you're staying warm.
0: Yes, yes, I am. I am.
1: Thank you. Cool. Well, we love the Milltown brand. Um, it is very clean looking, bright colors, fun. Tell everybody a little bit about it.
0: The Milltown is my personal project of 12 years and um, it in evolved over the years, of course, but creating, you know, basically simple and classic goods that could last for a long time now for dogs and dog owners, I think for the last five years.
1: Mm -hmm. Very cool. Very cool. You had told me that there is, I was going to say was, but there's a brand in Tokyo called Muji Mm -hmm. that you've always loved. How has Muji influenced your style? Well, their style
0: is minimal and simple and clean and functional, right? Mm. And I love it because it doesn't look that special. It almost looks like uh, genetic, you know? Mm -hmm. But when you know a Muji product, when you see it, that's crazy. And it doesn't have a big logo on the product or anything, but... You know, you can tell it is Muji's product. Isn't it clever?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it's got its own particular style. Mm -hmm. And it's very clean and timeless. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, I get that. And I definitely see that clean, you know, those clean lines in Milltown brand. Mm -hmm. But what drew you to focus on American style with that Muji simplicity? I love
0: uh first of all i love vintage goods you know i like collegiate styles and you know like from each state souvenirs and old dog paintings and you know like embroideries etc but i couldn't find something just simple enough so that it accommodates modern needs so i wanted to
1: create my own and blend the two together. Yeah. So th- that's very cool. Did you discover and see that you loved these types of things when you were still in Tokyo as a teenager? Or is it something that you found you loved when you moved to America?
0: I used to go to like vintage clothing store as, um you know, high school kids, you know, like, in <laughs> whenever... <Tokyo>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool. Yeah. So I used to buy like sweatshirts, you know, like, yeah, vintage jeans and, you know, uh, flannel shirts and all those like, you know, vintage imported goods from USA. Yeah. Like so, I, I'm familiar with, you know, American style.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, not surprising. I mean, but it's now very apparent to me how Milltown brand is is a total extension of you and your your passions, you know, in fashion. Mm-hmm yeah now you started by making handbags with sort of that vintage vibe that you loved all the way back in 2007 and that was kind of your side project right so <laughs> tell us how you got into designing and creating your own company
0: i was working in you know fashion big you know fashion company but that was focusing on mass product you know like uh to sell like can I say the name of the company? I'm sorry. <laughs> you can if you want. Sure. I mean, the clients are like, you know, Walmart or Target or, you know, like. Sure. Mass no, like big... market. Yes, yes, yes. And as a designer, I had so much, you know, goals and what I wanted to do, you know, when I get the job, blah, blah, blah. And in reality, I couldn't have anything no control. <laughs> like I couldn't do what I wanted to do yeah. in, the, in that setting. That's why I wanted to have my side project as an outlet of my own creativity.
1: Yeah. And that's that. when you created Milltown. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you were doing the handbags. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So then at some point you moved into dog fashion and what inspired that? When did that happen?
0: I started creating dog items in 2014 I had realized that there aren't many dog goods that I actually wanted to buy from the store so I wanted to make some dog products by using the scrap canvas
1: from my human goods oh that's cool well you say that there weren't many things that you actually wanted to buy from the store so we should probably tell people that Sometime in 2014 you got your your boy Brownie. <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Tell my us baby. About how you got Brownie? Yeah. <laughs> um, one, <laughs>
0: yes. One day, you know, of course I was Looking at the Facebook post from the bark shelter where, you know, me and my husband, we've been volunteering on and off whenever we have time. And their post was about a new dog for adoption. Mm-hmm. And Brownie had just arrived at the bark shelter from Brooklyn's Animal Care and Control.
1: A kill shelter.
0: Yeah. 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 Mm. City, City Pound.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay, so tell us what you know about him. What happened? How come you fell in love? It was just,
0: you know, (laughs) I couldn't resist it. And it was just like one photo. And I was like, okay, let's go meet him, you know. And just meeting him was like, oh my God, like he came out of the backside of the door. And then he ran towards us. It, It was almost instant, like he picked us you
1: know? Yeah. 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 It's that happens so often. You know, it's like the dog knows the dog picks you is exactly right. And it's so cool too. You told me that, you know, his backstory sometimes most times when you adopt a dog from a shelter, they're a stray and you just, or they're pulled from, you know, a bad situation and you don't really get to know a lot about their, their backstory, Mm -hmm. um, which is really helpful. So you have to kind of like learn things just over time by things that you do and say and how the dog reacts. But you got to know Brownie's backstory. Why?
0: His previous owner moved to a place where they could keep only one dog. So they had to give up on Brownie, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But previous owner provided all his records um, when they dropped him off at the ACNC. So all of that info was passed down to us.
1: Perfect, perfect. And you got to talk to them too, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was okay. <laughs> you know,
0: like I I don't know. I just had a nerve to
1: to make a call. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. That's great. So now on a more serious note, you discovered that you had a life threatening illness not long after you got Brownie, right? And tell us a little bit about that and how he helped you get through and also what it inspired in terms of your business.
0: Yeah, we adopted him January of 2014. It was January 18th. And in late April of 2014, I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's a type of blood cancer Mm -hmm. and it was very aggressive type. And you know, Brownie helped me mentally and emotionally during this battle. It was very tough going through the treatment, but now I'm on the other side. I'm very thankful that the worst of the situation is behind me. The experience made me realize what important things in my life are and how I want to spend the rest of my life here and i wanted to use my experience in fashion design as a tool to encourage pet adoption and i would like to promote adoption in my home country of japan where a majority of people are still buying puppies and kittens from pet stores. And there are very few laws in place to regulate and improve the living condition of animals being used as a backyard breeders.
1: Mm-hmm. That's so wonderful that you're doing that because two of my four came from puppy mill rescues, raids, really puppy mill raids. And one of my little, one of the two, my little boy, Albie spent seven years in a cage in the puppy mill, just breeding. Oh one after the other. yeah. And uh, it's a horrible, horrible life. And so it's beautiful that you are bringing more attention to pet adoption, and both here and in Japan. And it's a beautiful thing that Brownie was a bridge for you to help you get through something that that had to be really, really hard. And we're very happy that you are in remission and well. Thank you. You're welcome. So the collection of human goods that this inspired, Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that because, you know, it's not just really cute, well-made fashion for your dogs, everybody. It is message-oriented and inspiring uh, fashion for us, too.
0: Oh, (laughs) thank you for saying that. Um, First of all, the Milltown name of the brand, Milltown—that that is... Um how can I say like I grew up in Japan the town of Milltown. Um Oh. Yes. Home
1: hometown.
0: <laughs> yes, like you know like uh, there were iron casting factories all over in my city a uh, mm-hmm. long time ago. I consider Brooklyn, you know where I live is my second home and this area also used to be like a lot of factories. Uh, mm-hmm. nowadays, you know, it's gone almost all of them are gone, like, like Williamsburg water farm area, but um, there used to be a lot of them. And um, I felt very comfortable living in this situation, in this area, I love it. And then when I started um, reading about, you know, history of Brooklyn, I did the Wikipedia and um, the motto of the Brooklyn is, you know, I realized that something really amazing and that's also, you know, so and so a uh, timeless slogan,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: which is in unity, um, there is a strength. And I felt this is the message, especially in these days, you know, where so many things happen, you know, environmental and political, you know, mm-hmm. it was just, I thought that was the best message I could found off of the Wikipedia that day.
1: <laughs> I it,
0: to it makes
1: a lot of sense for today. That is for sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you have, tell everybody the different types of goods that you make with that message and maybe any other of your uh, human goods that you offer.
0: Sure. With that message, I, I make a sweatshirts and um, I have short sleeve t-shirts for that project, but I do offer, you know, some canvas tote bags and pouches, zipper pouches.
1: Yeah, that's, that's very nice. Mm-hmm. You, you'll be able to see all of these products on the Bark and Swagger page of the Pet Life Radio site. We're going to take a short break from our sponsor, but when we come back, We are going to talk about what Mariko has learned in running her own business that's worked, that she wouldn't do again, and some of the interesting stories behind how she makes what she makes. So don't go away. Just refresh that beverage, get cozy, and we'll be right back.
0: Sit. Stay. We'll be right back, right after we kibble a little with our sponsors.
1: Front paw sleeves and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. DesignerPetsweaters.com. Let's talk Pets.
0: Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. radio.com <laughs>
1: Welcome back. If you've just joined, we're talking today with Mariko Nakaya of Milltown Brand, a really fun, beautiful, classic, American style, sort of meets collegiate brand of dog and human goods. And as I said earlier, this is part of a series that I started recently on Bark and Swagger called Startup Stories, where I'm sharing with listeners in the interviews that we do tips on what's worked and what to avoid when you start your own pet business. So what is the most important thing you did that you feel your audience connected with or helped your business grow?
0: Well, my brand grew organically. So all the you know like all this product i made last 12 years involved and in the beginning it was different product and i sold that in a, you know consignment store little by little locally and then you know with that money i started a new project so there was no uh, big funding you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to do to start this business, it was more of like slowly, like I found myself, like what I want to create and what kind of message I want to deliver.
1: And then slowly you found your audience for it too, right?
0: Yes, yes. It took some time, like what am I specialized in, you know, to find that it was like very time consuming and you have to
1: know what you stand for. That's what Mm -hmm. I believe in. Mm. Mm. that's that makes a lot of sense. And I'm sure that it took a lot of experimenting mm-hmm. to see what worked,
0: yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah.
1: yeah. So if you could think of one thing that you did that you wouldn't do again, mm. <laughs> a tip you can offer people that may be interested in starting their own business and maybe help them avoid that particular one. What would it be? Um,
0: Well, I did. Literally, I did every single step by myself in the beginning. And when things started to get busier, I hired assistant or intern or I had a studio, sewing studio at one point. But everything to do everything by yourself, it's impossible. And you have to, you know, do a lot of research for like how to make your product line out there, it's a lot of money, and it's overwhelming at one point. And it you, is. And then, yes, and it's like you have to buy fabric, cut fabric, sew fab, you know, sew the product, yeah. and then iron <laughs> them, and then you know do the quality control, put in uh, you know plastic bag or wrapping, and ship it out. At the same time, you still have to do website, uh, you know, photo shoot. Update your Facebook post, or you know,
1: it's a lot. I know, I know there's like four full time jobs in there. It is. I found the same thing, you know, for a short time as. My listeners know I was designing and making luxury dog coats and accessories under the Couture by Sophie brand, and it was just me, and it was very overwhelming. There were never enough hours in the day, and the tough thing is how, when you're new, if you don't have funding, do you yeah. get help? How do you afford help until you are making enough money to do that? So it's, it's a very, very tough problem, yeah. you know, hopefully you can get friends who love you at <laughs> 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 <In> the beginning.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's why it took me like 12 years, mm-hmm. I had no advertisement, you know, or I didn't attend expensive trade show that could bring in a lot of orders from buyers, mm-hmm. I couldn't afford it. But it's kind of spread out a uh, word of mouth. And one store started to carry myself and they Put my product on the magazine, and then it started, you know, to spread out yeah. again. Yeah!
1: Wow! So, that's and that's the best way. Organic growth is really the most real, and I think best way to grow a brand because the people that discover you and stick with you and turn other people onto you are your fans. And yeah, and fans are the best promotion you can get. So yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, the cool thing is that you did grow, but you still are that really organic brand, which is a beautiful thing. And you truly are like sort of the very best of sourcing mom and pop artisans and manufacturers to now become part of the Milltown brand family in terms of the companies and the people that you work with that help you do what you Mm do. Tell us a little bit about your manufacturing partners yes
0: in the beginning you know like i personally looked it up online like where i can ask to do the silk screening printing on the canvas tote and it took me a while but the first very first silk screen printer which is his company name is called econo graphics Mm -hmm. and i found it like on Yelp, and I was like, "Oh my God, that's like a block away from my apartment. And then you know, I started using him for a small project because I had you know no money to to make and then nowadays, you know, like we became one of the best friends, you know, and we share so many personal things, and he understands everything what I want to do and what mm-hmm. kind of print, print technique that I'm looking for and he is the best when it comes to printing, you know, T-shirts and canvas totes and stuff. And I started doing, you know, because when I got more order for the tote bags, I branched out the manufacturer, the tote bag manufacturer in Brooklyn, south side of the Brooklyn. And then, you know, it's a very tiny factory maybe five or six hours, but, you know, we could still drive up there and then see the progress and, you know, Mm -hmm. tell them what needs to be done in terms of quality control and blah, blah, blah. Like we had a very tight team setting for a little while, but then this current manufacturer in the Midwest, the owner of the factory found me on the internet somehow (laughs) and Uh then he's like, let me make the TOEFAC for you. I love what you create and let us do your work. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And, Mm -hmm. um,
1: yeah, we, it's working out for you.
0: Yes. Yes, yes. They're, they've been very consistent and, um, their quality control is amazing. Yeah. Like it reduced so much of, you know, my workload for the canvas totes
1: collections. Mm-hmm. So it's happening. You're, you're growing, which is wonderful. <laughs> um, when we, yeah. When we talked a little earlier, you were in the midst of telling me how you are sewing and cutting and doing this and that, and I said, yeah. "Are you still making certain garments from your your home, your your apartment?" And you said, "Yeah, I'm I'm doing the bandanas," <laughs> and-, <laughs> and yeah. And that's, yeah, that's a lot. The bandanas are are like a great thing to talk about because I think that your colors and your patterns are especially vibrant and signature of the brand in your bandanas. And I would love to know uh, what you look for in choosing that.
0: In terms of fabric, of patterns.
1: Colors, patterns.
0: Mm. Yeah, I like very classic style and um, my Fabric collection, I would like to pick anything unisex. I don't want things to be like too one, you know, like one fabric uh-huh. to be too girly or one fabric to be too spacey or, <laughs> you know, yeah. just because geometric is very popular these days. Like, I'm not going to carry geometrics just because of that trend, you know? Like, yeah. I want to keep carrying the fabric that is like uh, stick to my you know, my brand standard and, um, I want timeless classic thing, not, not the trend. So I want to pick like good color, like red or, you know, navy and orange, like anything to do with like what I would also wear, you know,
1: like Mm -hmm. I want
0: my dog to wear as well. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you have this really adorable collection of bandanas that are your Western collection. (laughs) Out. <laughs> I love those. They're so yeah. cute. And the colors are great. You'll see these on the Bark and Swagger page. So you can check out what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Where'd you find that?
0: Well, um, it's, you know, like I collect a lot of stuff um, yeah. on online on eBay or, you know, like all these like auction stuff. Um, vintage
1: fabrics. Some of these are vintage. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Cool. And yeah.
0: then um, vintage fabrics it's very limited right and Mm -hmm. at the same time the condition of the fabric is not always the same so sometimes the edges are like frayed already so i have to like um cut it all off and Mm -hmm. then sew them you know do the edge stitching and put the you know
1: like um, i do i do you gotta make it crisp yeah
0: (laughs) yeah i'm not just selling. like okay here's the you know, the bandana I found on eBay. So I'm just reselling on my website, you know, like I don't do that.
1: No, of <laughs> I course want to do You have to sweat. make it your own. You have to yeah. make the Milltown brand. Absolutely. You have a section on your site called Charity Goods. What is that?
0: Yes. I always, you know, wanted to give back to the community and also the shelters, you know, that's I'm very passionate about helping homeless pets, both in US and in Japan as well. So I created, you know, some design targeting for, you know, promoting the pet adoptions. So some, you know, some products are like, oh, 20% goes to the box shelter where Brown is from. Or sometimes I collaborate with small organization and then I do the design for free and then raise money using my product for them. I guess that's something I feel good about doing it.
1: And then, you know, yeah. Absolutely. I see one of the things that you do on your charity goods page is affiliated with the Japanese NPO Hunting Dog Rescue. What is that? That's
0: their organization name is called Sandhound Dog Rescue. It started as two, you know, housewives wanted to help out these animals from the shelters. They're specialized in rescuing uh, hunting dogs, you know, like a plot hound or, you know, more bigger breed than the toy poodle, you you know? eh? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Because in Japan, spaces are limited. So a lot of smaller dogs get adopted quickly. But bigger dogs, like hunting dogs, they are not really like, you know, trained to stay in the house or um, they were actually used in hunting. So they get less chance of getting adopting. So yeah. they started pulling them out by themselves. Like there's no one else backing up this organization. They were just doing it just for the dogs, you yeah. know, who yeah. get less chance. So I wanted to help them out, like somehow, you know, like raise awareness of like, look, these dogs are used for hunting, but that was previous lives, and they deserve second lives, you know, like much better life with a loving home. Um, So I wanted to reflect that message into my design and then it's
1: doing well. That's fantastic. That is so nice, Mariko. Really great. So Mariko, in continuing to talk a little bit about tips for people who are interested in in doing this themselves. There was one thing that you'd mentioned to me about protecting your creations, your designs. Tell us about that.
0: Yes. Well, this comes from my own experience. It's really hard to, you know, hard to believe if anyone would do this, but my really original product, which I did so many design drawings and I did the proto-samples and redo the proto-sample and then make it again and, you know, tweak again. Like that was my work and I didn't see anything else on the market right? Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> one day, you know, I was searching on Etsy for my new product, making sure no one else is doing it. And then I found this, you know, one brand selling exactly the same product as mine, but using their own logo on top of different, you know, locations.
1: They stole your designs, in other words. I believe so.
0: And, But I was lucky enough to document all my conceptual design art you know, from my scrapbook and the process of my sample making and patterns and how I saw how I changed. I had all the evidence, so I brought that up to Etsy legal team and then Etsy, you know, like they helped me greatly on this case. And, um, you know, when I appealed to them, they did protect my rights and then they took down. They're listing, you know, the other person. Yeah. Listing. Yeah.
1: You were yeah. able to prove that these were your designs first. Yes. So see that's uh, so important. You have is. to document what you do Yes. and protect yourself because you never know when somebody is going to copy your great idea.
0: Yes. So you, you know, don't think your design is like nothing or just a small thing or anything. Just make sure like you never know. Anyone yeah. would do this thing. And I, in general, I don't want to cause any problem or I respect other designers, but it was really hard to see.
1: Yeah. And like, this is a very important tip, a good tip. Thank yes, you. Mariko. Yes. You're welcome. Okay. So we are coming up to having to say goodbye. And I, I really don't want to do that because I've so enjoyed talking with you mm-hmm. before we go. Is there anything new coming up for the brand that we should know about?
0: Yeah, like I'll do pop in here and there, but all the information I usually update on our Instagram, uh-huh. um, which is Milton brand. That would be our Instagram uh, name. So if you could follow, that would be the place you would find most updated information and new product and where I am at and what I'm doing, <laughs> what <Perfect>. I'm going? <laughs> yes.
1: That's perfect. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Um, I hope everybody learned a little bit more about what it's like behind the scenes to start a brand and about the Milltown brand in general. It is a beautiful brand. Mariko, you're doing great work and we wish you a lot of continued success.
0: Thank you so much, Jody. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. And thank you all for listening. Thanks to our producer, Mark Winter. Mark, you make us sound so good. We love you for it. My passion is living stylishly and animal rescue. So tune in next time to discover the designers, home decor, styles, and rescue stories I love. And don't forget to visit me at barkandswagger.com where you'll find great fashion, shelter stories, and more. So until next time, when fierce fashion calls, bark and swagger.